Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Wednesday, the second to last practice of Chiefs training camp in St. Joseph, Missouri, we heard from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, cornerback Lajarius Sneed, cornerback Joshua Williams, and kicker Harrison Butker. We'll go in that order, starting with Eric Bieniemy, followed by Lajarius Sneed. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we return, you'll hear from Joshua Williams and Harrison Butker. Here's Eric Bieniemy. Vertically challenged. Okay. Uh, good afternoon. Hope all is well with everybody. Um, obviously, one of our last padded days of practice. I thought our guys have been uh, doing a great job of working their tails off. The fun part about this entire camp, it's been fun watching us grow together. That's the challenge. That's been a, a, a heck of a start. So now we just need to continue building on it. With that said, I'm all ears. A great job, and then today or yesterday felt pretty good. Today looked very competitive. You guys, are you at that point in camp now where it's kind of like that? Oh yeah, I'm starting to see some growth in a lot of different positions, a lot of areas. You're starting to see guys, the light bulbs are turning on. You know, certain words are meaning something to them. They're starting to understand the fundamentals and technique that we're teaching, and so it's been fun to watch. Now, has it been perfect? No, it hasn't been perfect. But that's the beauty of training camp. These guys are working hard. They're accepting coaching. Our coaches are doing a hell of a job, and those guys are going out there and performing. Well, just like I've said in the past, Coach Heck does a great job. Coach Heck and Coach Corey does a great job with our offensive linemen. And they have a great working uh, relationship with all those guys. And so our job as a staff is to make sure that we're giving everybody an opportunity to show what they can do. Now, when that kid has stepped up, he's done some good things. The thing is, and I'll say this, everything hasn't been perfect, but one thing that I love about him, he finds a way to strain the finish. And we talk about that all the time. We just want guys that play hard, that play fast, that has a sense of urgency and a sense of purpose in everything they do. We'll figure out the rest. But if everybody has that temperament, we'll be okay. You mean you're a former running back, so I know you look at the running backs through a little different microscope than everyone else. Um, what are you seeing from Isaiah Pacheco? It seems like he has you know, that, that uh, I guess you can call confidence, right? He's a very confident young man, okay? Now, you're talking about a kid that plays hard. Pacheco plays hard. The thing I need Pacheco to do, and first of all, he's doing a great job. He has tremendous work ethics. As a young back, this is probably one of the toughest things that they need to learn is allowing the game to come to him, learning how to be a patient runner, okay? Understand exactly what's going on up front so now he can have a better feel on how to square his shoulders up, press it, and then read it out from there. But as far as work ethics, works hard. As far as a tough runner who will try and find four and a half yards, Checks that box, all right? And then on top of that, he does a great job in the pass game where he's catching it, and he's still learning to perfect his craft in pass pro. And it ain't so much with his attitude and blocking. It's just making sure he knows exactly who to, uh, to pick up. And that's, that takes a little while for a young guy. You know what, Clyde has is, Clyde is done a heck of a job. And the thing that my challenge has been for him is to, I know this sounds crazy, but just to get his win right, okay? To make sure that his endurance is right. 
to be able to play seven, eight, nine, ten plays in a row. And so it's been impressive, impressive watching him work and challenging himself. And I've seen growth in that area. And the thing about it, I love the way he's functioning when he's quote unquote supposed to be tired. And that's the thing that he's growing with in this in this process because now he's learning what it takes to become a professional football player. All right. You're not gonna always feel at your best. But when we call upon you in that time, can you react, all right, and play just like you would have if it would have been the first play? Midway through August now, less than a month from the start of the regular season, two of your top receivers are dealing with injuries. Chris Schuster with the knee, McCall Hartman with the groin. What's your concern level right now with your wide receiver group, especially because it's mostly new people? Well, first of all, you know this, Herbie. I'm not going to comment on any injuries with any of our guys. But just like any other uh, position, the next man has to perform. So this gives our receiver coach, Joe Blaymeyer, all that, that stuff that he's been doing in that receiver room and all the drills that he's done, now it's time for the younger guys to step up. This is an opportunity for someone else to show that they can play, that they can perform under pressure, all right, but also maximize the opportunity. So not nervous at all. Obviously, uh, you want guys to always stay healthy, but this gives a guy, a number of guys, an opportunity to go up there and step up and show exactly what they can bring to the table. Well, I'll say this about Mr. Watson, a consistent player, okay? And the thing about it, every day he goes out there, he's working to improve upon something. And every day he's found a way to make a play. So very pleased and satisfied with, with, uh, with what we've seen so far. But he knows that he, he needs to continue working and continue improving on the little things. It's a, it, I laugh because, and I say this humbly and respectfully, no, <laughs> he's still the same person that I've always known. He's very consistent with how he treats people. Um, I joked about it on, uh, I forget what the name of the show that we did, that's a shame, but I talked about how he likes to eat and all that. You know, one thing as a staff, we, gonna, we ain't going to waste no groceries. So, <laughs> you know, but Coach still has a great sense of humor, but on top of that, He's very detailed, he's very organized, and he has a plan. And so, has he changed? No. The only thing he's done, he's aged and gotten better. Yes, I mean, just take a look at the offense and what he did in Philly in comparison to what we've done since we've been here collectively as a group since the 2013 season. So, one thing I know about Coach, and he said this, I'll never forget this, in 1999, you know, uh, you either evolve, <laughs> uh, you either evolve, or you die out like the dinosaur. So you have to remain flexible in what you do in this profession, because we all have to grow, and we just can't get stuck on ideas, thinking that that's the best idea. We got to always work to improve. What's the what's the what's the most growth you've seen from Sky Moore from the start of camp to now? Here? Just gaining more and more confidence. The kids, are, first of all, he's an outstanding person. He's an outstanding player, and he's just a kid that always wants to know what can he improve upon. So the things that I love watching, first of all, I love watching him work because he's going to work his tail off, and he accepts coaching, all right, 
But the thing that I love as well is that if he makes a mistake, he's not a kid that's going to repeat that same mistake. And that's the thing that's impressive about him. And then he's just having a good time. It's all, it's, it's like he's playing PlayStation out there. He's just out there having fun. And it's fun to watch him uh, work. But on top of that, it's fun to watch his growth process since day one. Now, what are you seeing with guys like Joshua Williams, Trent McDuffie, the new uh, guys? I see that they're hungry, man. Like, they want to be successful. I call Trent like the little Steph Curry. Like, he's a little, little swift little guy. You know, he do he can do it all from the inside, from the outside. But I see all of them got potential though. Is it interesting watching them sort of understand what Spags wants, given what it was like for you and your own experience as a rookie? Because you didn't have a traditional training camp. Um, what's it been like to watch it from from your perspective to see them kind of go through this camp? Uh, I can tell, man, from the OTAs, you know, I can tell that they was ready to go when they first came in. You know, I can tell that they learning a lot and they taking everything in as a young player and soaking it in. You professionally, you're now entering your third year. How, how much would you say you've grown since you've entered the league as a rookie to, to where uh, you are right now? I've grown a lot, man. I can tell that uh, it's my year three and I feel like an old guy, you know, with these young guys coming in and I feel like I'm the veteran of the, of the crew. But I feel like, man, I learned a lot from the time being from now, from the inside. I learned a lot from the outside with my technique. Is, is Nickel a really good race, or is there a part of you that maybe just want, want to be this island outside of Oh, man, you know, whatever I can do for the team. You know, I'm a team guy. Whatever I can do for the team to help the team. How's McDuffie been doing as he's been mixing it up? Yeah. Oh, he's been doing well. You know, he's learning and picking up things really fast as a rookie, you know. Well, Josh, man, I try to steal some things for him as in using his hands. You know, he's very good with his hands and he's very patient at the line. You know, I learned from him as a rookie, and I'm still learning myself. You know, when you, when you played Nickel Moore last year, um, can you explain what you gained from that that you know will be better doing that job this year? Uh, yeah, I could tell that run fits. My run fits, you know. I can jump gaps and make more plays, tackle for losses and stuff like that. That's something that you seem to be known for, especially against the Bronx, you know, the physical, the and everything. You know, how do you, how do you keep that edge? How do you maintain that? I mean, you know, it's all mindset, you know. You know, them big guys in there, you know, you can't go in there, you know, soft and stuff, you know, it's all in your mind. Where did you pick that up? Uh, I don't know where I picked it up from. I just picked it up. I just played ball. Uh, we haven't sat down and talked about that yet, but you know, we have talked about ball, you know, they're trying to learn ball right now, but on our off days, you know, we get together, do Bible study, try to get in the word with God. That's where we start off at. Thank y'all. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't say I'm ready for it to be over. Um, it's a lot of good experiences, but, um, you know, at a certain point, we want to move on to the season and start playing some games. So, you know, that's all good. Absolutely, absolutely. Finally getting that under my belt and just some of that real game time experience, you know, that was that was the main thing, making sure I could learn from it, take something from it, and just apply it the next game. What do, what do you want to apply to this game on Saturday, Joe? Say again? What do you want to apply to this next game on Saturday? Same things, you know, that I, um, any, anything that I could have bettered or, or, or improved upon, that's what I want to continue to do each one of these preseason games and into the regular season. So, you know, sticking with my man, knowing my assignments, just the simple things, you know, nothing too crazy. What did that first game teach you? The first game, um, you know, the first thing that will probably stand out just from coming from uh, college to the NFL, the pace. Uh, understanding just the little intricacies of the game, you know, um, kind of the breaks between, knowing the pace of an offense, uh, and, and kind of what they're looking to attack and, and when they're trying to attack. So. Another, sorry, another D2 guy in your room, and Brandon Dandridge, you really had a pick in that game, made a nice play on the ball yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, what have you seen from him in terms of growth, just being another kind of newcomer? Right, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I speak to Dangers about the playbook and try to get some of his skill set. Uh, Brandon's a great player. You know, he's versatile. He can play on the outside. He can play some of that nickel spot. And, um, you know, I talk to him about, because he, he has both perspectives, some of the uh, things he expects when he sees, you know, certain formations or certain, you know, just looks. This might not be a big thing, but is it helpful at all? Is it kind of cool to, to play with a guy here at camp that Played college ball here, kind of knows his way around town in the university. Absolutely. Matter of fact, uh, he's the reason I was able to get back on campus yesterday. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to Brandon. That's my guy. When, when, uh, when we talk about your, your skill set, everybody sort of acknowledges how good you are in press coverage. Right. I just wonder, with the exotic zones that, that Spags has in his playbook, just how do you feel playing zone coverage and how much did you really do that in college, you know, compared to what you maybe are asked to do here? Right. Um, coming into a different system, especially like a, uh, such a, a wide and expansive system like Coach Spags, um, it's giving you just a bigger outlook on defense. Uh, like you said, I, was, I, I, I did play a lot of press men in college, but um, working with Coach Spags and, and working with my DB coach, Coach Merritt, Coach Don, all those guys, um, you know, they're just opening, opening my head up to different ideas, different techniques, and uh, I'm just trying to soak it up, get better, and help this team win. So. Speaking of Coach Merritt, Last week you said that uh, he called you young defensive rookie cornerbacks, the Fab Five. Uh, yeah. Okay, so if you know who the Fab Five are, who, who is Chris Weber and who's Juwan Howard in the group? Oh, man, see, that's what we're still trying to figure out. You know, it's a whole lot of, um, I don't know. I, I think we all have some real wide and, and expressive personalities, so I don't want to just label anybody Chris Weber or, or any of the other guys. But um, I wouldn't mind being Juwan Howard, though. That's my guy. <laughs> Josh, you just talked to Jerry Sneed. He said he kind of learned a couple things from you. What, what have you learned from him? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Man. What have you learned from him about just 
Right. Uh, well, first off, you know, that's just that's a blessing for LJ to say that because, um, you know, I, I look up to LJ. That, that's somebody, that's a vet that I really do try to model myself after and take little things after. Um, and he'll tell, well, I don't know. He's a real humble dude, so he might not tell you. Um, almost any time I'm coming off the field, I'm asking him, you know, how I can do this. What did he do right here? Um, and he'll give it to you. You know, he's not one of those people who's kind of just in his own world. He'll come and, and offer some of that wisdom. And at the same time, him being humble, knowing how to speak to, to the rookie so we understand it, that's just, you know, that's a plus. I love him. Josh, why, why, couldn't you, uh, why couldn't you get back on campus and, like, how did Brandon help them? Oh, no, no, we were just getting a workout. Uh, oh. uh, yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't no. <laughs> Don't get me in trouble now. <laughs> You came from HBCU. Right. Um, there's a lot of young guys that are playing football that are thinking, you know, HBCU, trying to make that decision between HBCU and traditional school. Right. What would be that message that you could give them, you know, to say you can still make it uh, to, you know, to the next level? Absolutely. Um, first off, you know, there's a lot of different things that both of them offer. Um, so it really just depends on the kind of person you are. But I do want to say that um, coming out of high school, I just didn't know what HBCUs did offer. And um, when I finally did end up there, it was kind of like an eye-opener, you know, learning um, the culture of the HBCU, kind of how things get around. And that whole vibe of it, it's great. Um, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything uh, or a different experience because it got me where I am today. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I'm sure, you know, there's certain people in the world who, who may rather, you know, um, a traditional college, and, and that's respectable too. Thanks, thank you. All right, thank you. Yep. How y'all doing? Good, how you doing? I'm great. Things you've been working on during the offseason and during camp? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, there's some technique changes I made really early on after the season that I think has contributed to more power. I feel like I'm a more efficient kicker. You know, I, I've always swung really hard, but the ball hasn't necessarily gone as far as I feel like it should for a guy that's 6'4", and I think relatively explosive. Uh, I think kickoffs, my leg power really shows, but on field goals, I think I've just changed some technique stuff, so I'm even more efficient. I think the ball is uh, going as far as, as it ever has uh, now for field goals. So. What does that mean? Do you feel like with regard to field goals, you've increased your range even more? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I feel like I'm hitting 63 yards into the wind. When wind's at my back, you know, we've gone to 70, 72. Um, in that Chicago game, we made 68, and 74 was a little short. But I feel like I have a lot of distance now, and that'll hopefully come up this season. Can you, can you walk us through those, those slight alterations in your technique and, and what made you feel like it was necessary? Yeah. So some of the top guys, you know, let's just say Justin Tucker, if you watch his film, his ball rotation, you see the laces are pretty much in the middle the entire time. If you watch me or some other maybe inefficient kickers, if you're looking at the ball rotation, the laces are way left, way right. The ball's not going completely end over end. So if I put the same amount of energy into a kick and the ball's going end over end versus a lot of same amount of energy into another kick where I maybe have my toe forward, it's not a um, completely flush kick. You know, I want my foot to be perpendicular with the ball. If it's not perpendicular with the ball, the ball's not going to be going end over end, and so it's just not going to go as far, right? So that's kind of what I mean is being efficient. Um, one way you achieve that is having your foot perpendicular to the ball and then after contact is your foot following the ball. And I think I have an issue of my, my foot makes contact with the ball and then very early on my foot's going off left. So I'm losing all this energy whereas now I feel like my foot is following the ball for a lot longer. I'm getting nice rotation. I think I'm getting more energy behind that kick. Eric, 
saw you had that one against Chicago pregame. Uh, yeah. How did that feel? I guess was, it, was that part of the feeling like you gained something this offseason? Yeah, you know, the 68-yarder, I didn't even hit well. I was surprised that went in. I think the 70, whatever, two or four it was, I hit too high, so it fell a little short. Um, Every game, though, I want to know my distance both directions. So the other way, I think we made 61 or 63, and then the direction with the wind. I want to see what that is. So halftime, end of a ga- end of a game, you know, the coaches can feel confident putting me out there for a 70-yarder if I showed that in warm-up. You talked about you talked about efficiency. Um, you got a guy Justin Reed that's campaigning to be your backup. How efficient was he when you watched his kickoff film? It's crazy because he's actually not very efficient, but the ball goes so far. You know what I'm saying? He, it was probably, it was phase two. He got a kick in the indoor, and he told me, you know, you know, I love the specialists. I kicked a lot with Kaimi, with the Texans, and I think I had seen some videos of him kicking. But in the indoor, he was just bombing balls with a ton of height, uh, so I knew he had a big leg. And I just thought, you know, he just wanted to kick some footballs, and, you know, he just naturally has the technique. Come to find out he played, you know, travel soccer all throughout high school. So he, he got that rhythm and technique from a young age. But he's got a big leg, um, and I think it's just fine-tuning it. And if I was him, I would take advantage, you know, of, of Tommy and me and learn as much as he can from us because he made an extra point when the pressure was on in preseason. So I'm all for it. I'm all for evolving the game of, of kicking and, and pushing the limits. And so to, to have more people that are – Enthusiastic about being kickers, I'm I'm all for it. So, so he has an invitation to the to the special teams meetings. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he's busy during that time with the with the safeties. But no, we love it. I mean, Tommy coaches me up. I help Tommy out. You know, we just spend so much time together, and we kind of understand um, kicking and everything. I think oh, it's my my children yelling at me. I was wondering. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Uh, yeah. You, you know the elation of making a big kick, but yeah, you gave Justin a hug. Can you just? Describe what it was like to see his elation in a game that, you know, is yeah. you, you have so many people that hit you up on Twitter, Instagram, saying, man, I'm going to take your job, you know, because I made a kick in, on a high school field, right? <laughs> but to do it in a game, that, that's super impressive. You know, these stadiums, they generate wind, you know, fields can be different than just a, a turf field. And he went out there and he made the kick with, when the pressure was on. Nobody blocked the kick. So I'll, I'm super pumped for him. I know how difficult that is to go out there and execute when he doesn't really practice it. And he... Some guys have been out this week, right? What yeah. can you guys gain from being able to go out there and have Travis snap the ball or Gore snap or someone else hold? What, what can you gain from that this week? Uh, I think it's great for all of us. You know, I, I haven't kicked with a different snapper. Maybe I'll get some, some reps in uh, tomorrow. But it's great for Tommy to be able to confidently be in there and know if something happens, knock on wood, to James, there can be a backup that can fill in for the rest of the game and we can still get by. You know, Kelsey's a great athlete. He was able to get some great snaps in. Gore did a, a good job as well. Um, but if we ever needed to get through a game, it's nice to know those guys can kind of take over for us and fill in. Yeah, uh, I was able to kick today, and I'll kick tomorrow, and I think it was just precautionary, uh, just resting from coming off a game and just giving it time to, to go. You mentioned the platform you have, how do you determine what to advocate for publicly? And not, that must be, I'm sure, a complicated thing to think about all the time. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. Um, Coach Reed always says, let, let our personality show. So, you know, if, if, if it's really close to my heart, I will, I will speak out about it, you know, as an individual away from, uh, the Chiefs. So uh, you just pray about it, and if, if God puts it on your heart, then, then speak up. So there's, there's, okay. I was going to say that is something you can force yourself to continue to do. 
Um, I don't know if, if politics is something I would get into, but I think um, God has given us a, a platform. And like I said, if it, if it is close to your heart, you know, I think we should speak up. And we've seen that across the whole league the past really two years or so, you know, if you, if you want to get involved, get involved. Clark Hunt talks about, you know, if there's something in the community you want to be involved with, he's more than, than, uh, than happy to help with it. So I think it's, it's how do we give back to the community, community and get involved. Any adverse reaction from, from teammates or anything like that? Uh, or what are you referring to? The, to your personal no, it's, it's actually um, we all respect each other's opinions. That's what we love about football is it's kind of like a melting pot. A bunch of different guys, different backgrounds, different personalities, different viewpoints come together. And we can just kind of hang out and talk about stuff. At the end of the day, we're Chiefs football players, and we're trying to practice as hard as we can to come together during a game and win it. But I think it's a, it's a great time for us to dialogue and just talk about you know, each other's view, viewpoints. Harrison, you mentioned like, you know, people coming at you on Twitter about kicking, right, stuff like right, that. Right. How do you, when you get involved with any, every issue is divisive in America these right, days, right. how do you handle that part of it when it's not your teammates, it's someone you may not even know yeah. reaching out to you? Yeah, this is something I changed probably last year, maybe a year and a half ago, but I, I don't look at comments or DMs anymore. So early on in my career, I'd get DMs all the time or, you know, on YouTube, you'd see like, you know, Justin Tucker, I'm coming for your job or Harrison Bucker. So I'd see that stuff, but I don't look at the comments or the DMs anymore. I think uh, you have to prioritize the people whose opinions you care about. And um, I think a lot of times as athletes, we, we love getting praised. So you care about getting praised, you care about people's opinions then, but if they have negative opinions, then you don't want to listen to it. But if you don't, if they're not part of your inner circle and you really don't care about their opinion, then I don't think you should listen to it, whether it's good or bad. So keep my circle tight. And uh, I love posting on there, you know, putting stuff out on social media. But as far as viewing comments and DMs, I've strayed away from that. And that's really helped me just do what I need to do, you know. You, you, mentioned, Justin, more, you mentioned Justin Tucker earlier. Right. Do you get a chance to spend much time with him and talk to him? Or what do you guys, what do you guys discuss or work on? Uh, not, not a ton. Um, you know, Tucker's agent was uh, a guy that I was looking at when I was coming out uh, from college, so I got to talk to Justin a little bit there. You know, Justin was in the league when I was, I think, a senior in high school, so I watched him all throughout college, you know, and the things that he's been able to do have, have been very impressive. And every time we get to play him, uh, I try to pick his brain as much as I can, but I have a lot of respect for what he does. Um, and I think he's a guy that's evolving the game and, and pushing the limits. Harrison, a huge number. Would you love to get a chance in a game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the conditions have to be right. You know, it's got to be warm, probably some wind at your back. But um, like I was talking about with Justin, you got to do it when the pressure's on. You know, full snap hold, team's coming to, to block the kick. But I feel like I have the, the distance for it, definitely. Okay, thanks, Harrison. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.